my money. Money. I get money from you. Money in the bank. Young money. Money, 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 money. It's a rich man's world. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. World-renowned financial advisor and best-selling author Barry James Dyke will arm you with the truth. This is The Economic Warrior. Please note, the opinions expressed on this show are of the individuals who speak them, and not necessarily of Portsmouth Community Radio, its members, or board of trustees. And good morning or good afternoon. Uh, It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, We have a wonderful guest here, Pat Hughes. Uh, we're going to talk about the healthcare as you see it, Pat. And uh, Pat, thank you so much for uh, for for coming today, and uh, and it's good to see you. And um, and could you just please tell our audience a little about your background and you know your, your local guy and uh, how you ended up running uh, work, for, you know, end up being in the NFL and running a healthcare company. Could you just tell our audience a little bit about your give background? Me re- give you the Reader's Digest version. Yeah, please. Right. So so uh, grew up in Everett. Uh, and uh, uh, went to Everett High School where they produce very good football teams and uh, uh, ended up at uh, Boston University. There's a side story there we'll just skip over. But uh, I had a full scholarship to Ohio State, and uh, my father wanted me to go to West Point. Oh, okay. And, and, And so there was a lot of conflict there. And uh, uh, my father called Woody Hayes and said that, you know, my son's not coming. The Woody Hayes, huh? The Woody Hayes, not coming to Ohio State. And, uh, and so they were uh, going to earmark me to go to Valley Forge Military Academy that next year as a postgraduate year from high school, and then on to West Point the following year. Uh, I went down to Valley Forge. I did my best to try and get along with everybody and, and, and what have you, but it was just obviously wasn't cut out for me. So <laughs> one night I uh, uh, jumped the fence. Actually, I had to go under it. And, and, uh, <laughs> embarrassing, you know. I wanted to go over the fence. But anyway, so I jumped the fence, uh, hitched a ride, got into Philadelphia, pawned a watch that my girlfriend had given me that uh, she went to Europe and had got me this beautiful Omega watch. and. I pawned that to get a train ticket and and uh, came home. She, uh, my girlfriend, was a uh, junior at Boston University. And so when she found that I was coming home, she went to the athletic director and the head coach at BU and said, you know that kid from Everett, uh, Pat Hughes? She, they said, well, yeah, but who the hell are you, lady? <laughs> and she said, well, I, you know, I think if you called him, he'd come to school here. So when I got home, I was divorced by my family, and and, and uh, uh, your father called. didn't like that. No, no, oh. no, 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 no. He was a, a marine, and and simplify. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so uh, uh, coaches came over, and I said, uh, you know, they said no scholarship. You'll have to commute the first year. And I said, that's okay. I said, uh, uh, you know, am I in? And so I uh, I was, and so the next year I went in and. And spent four really great years at BU. Uh, we I captained uh, the 1969 team that played at the Pasadena Bowl, first time the university had ever played in a bowl game. Uh, we were nine and one, best record in the history of the school. Uh, we had three players uh, drafted by the NFL, myself, 
uh, with New York, uh, Freddie Barry, Kansas City Chiefs, and Bruce Taylor, number yeah. one draft choice for the San Francisco 49ers. And so uh, we had quite a group. And uh, so got drafted, and a uh, writer in, in Boston said that, well, you know, Hughes was a, a, a big linebacker in a, in, a, in a small league. Yeah. And we give him, you know, about as much chance as a snowball in hell to, uh, to make it. And 10 years later, I wrote him a note and said, asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about oh, you that. Can't use that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, so uh, got drafted by New York, which was a dream come true. Uh, that was the only team we had in New England when I was growing up in the, in the 50s. Oh, yeah. And um, as a matter of fact, that's how I, I fell in love with football. I watched what they call the uh, greatest game ever played, Giants-Colts, 1957. Yankee Stadium, overtime, Johnny Unitas, uh, and uh, uh, the tie game goes into overtime. Alan Amici scores. and uh, But I was watching these players and these big linemen with their hands in the hips and the smoke coming out of their mouth, you know, waiting for the, the offense to come to the line of scrimmage. And I just, I was mesmerized by it. And, and something clicked right then and there, and for me anyway, and I wanted to do that. I didn't know what that was completely, but I wanted to do that. And uh, I was 10 years old, uh, I think, uh, so 11 years later. Uh, uh, that 10-year-old that boy walked through the tunnel uh, uh, and up into the dugout at Yankee Stadium onto the infield. Uh, and I looked around and said, you can't tell me that dreams don't come true. Wow. And, uh, you know, so, so that was, I mean, that was just, I, I was, I used to pinch myself. Am I really here? You know, I, I, as I got, uh, you know, along in college ball and the scouts would come by and so forth. I kept saying, I don't think I can make it. I don't have the right name, <laughs> you know, like Dick. Budkus and, and Leroy Jordan and, you know, and some of these other guys. Uh, oh, what was the other one? Steve Stonebreaker. That was the best. <laughs> that, was the, that was the best name, right? I wanted one of those names. I didn't have it. But uh, so, uh, yeah, um, you know, I spent seven good seasons with the Giants uh, uh, and, uh you know, uh, and that's the, when it's, it was owned by the the Mara family. They still own yeah, it. Uh, yeah, John John uh, uh, Wellington's son John now yeah. owns it uh, yeah. with uh, uh, Tish from yeah we have the uh, the Tish family yeah CBS uh, yeah, yeah. I think or something of that nature, and uh, um, so John was in college at Boston College, of course BUBC big rivalry in hockey not in football, and although we tried to convince him that we should scrimmage someplace neutral field no referees. Just you know, bring bring twenty two guys and we'll we'll see what happens, but didn't happen. But uh, so uh, yeah, I uh, I got traded at the end of the seventy six season uh, to New Orleans, and went down there and spent three uh, really my best three years. You know, I, I said to I say it to myself anyway. You know, <laughs> I I was I was getting better as I as I went along, and and uh, uh, which, in some respects, it, it was true. In the first seven years of my career, I had seven interceptions. In the last three, I had nine. And, 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 wow. And so 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 I was getting smarter and and what have you. I missed two games in ten years. I twisted an ankle, and uh, but but beyond that, that was it. No. No knees, no shoulders. My thumbs were 
messed up, uh, broken a few times, but because you you want to get your hands on those big people and keep them the hell away from you. So. <coughs> yeah, so I have we, a, do you have a question, <coughs> Will? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, sometimes when you get in, when you go into the NFL or whatever, uh, they switch positions. I mean. Like they t- they'll take a uh, quarterback in college and make them a yep. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah something, something like that. that. Do, do you have that experience? I, I did, actually. Uh, I started uh, <clears throat> six games at offensive center, uh, if you can believe that. That was a very scary, th- scary you, you thing. You were off-center center? Offensive yeah, was, yeah, so at BU, I centered for punts and extra points. Okay, well, right? I know and, that. And, and today, it's a skill set. Uh, they draft players on their abilities to do that, right? And and uh, and that's all that that person does is go out there on fourth down and snap the ball, you know. So 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 centers have become specialists. But in 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 1970, uh, Greg Larson was the starting center for the Giants at the time. A great a great guy. And he, he was hurt. Chuck Hinton was his backup, and he was hurt. They had drafted a young man from uh, Arkansas, Rodney Brand. Uh, so, uh, uh, but Tarkington was the quarterback, and he Brand was a Tarkington, little bit yeah. fidgety. And, and accustomed to a smaller center, uh, Mick Tinglehoff was the center at the Minnesota Vikings at the time. And when Francis came from the Vikings back to the Giants, and so, uh, so Francis, uh, you know, said, give me a few snaps. And, uh, you know, I did. And he said, don't break my fingers. I said, I won't, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but one of the great thrills, one of the truly great thrills, was as they were trying to make this decision, uh, Y.A. Tittle, who used to come back to, to coach, you. right? Uh, Yelbert and Abraham Tittle, uh, a great man. He came up behind me one day, tapped me on the shoulder, and he says, "Hey, Patty, give me, give me, give me a few snaps." And and I looked and I said, "I, I was in conflict. I wanted him to sign the ball, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, give me your autograph, right? Uh, you know, just sign here, YA." And so, uh, uh, but I started uh, six games. First game was against the. Um, uh, the Green Bay Packers and Lambeau Bay. Field, right? Lambeau, so, yeah, I mean, what was so, so yeah. Ray Nitschke, right? You know, so my one of my one of my childhood idols is now is now five yards from me and and wanting to do harm to me, you know. <laughs> and uh, third play of the game, uh, Francis said before the game, we get in the huddle and he said, Patty, he said, he said, just get me the ball, don't break my fingers, you know, and don't worry about blocking anybody. Just get me the ball. We'll We'll do the rest, right? So, um, but so third play of the game, I get into a fist fight. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the uh, one of the defensive linemen, uh, 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 you know, smacked me in the side of the head, and you could you you could hit anybody anywhere then, right? Then, yeah. Then, uh, and uh, smacked me in the side of the head, and so I, you know, I did what. We do in Everett. Yeah, I was just say this would be a good boy from Everett, right? You know, I mean, that's you can't do that, right? So, so I'm jumping on him and and trying to whale whale the daylights out of him. They they separate us, right? And I I get back into the huddle and and I was I was the only rookie starting. The other players were all veteran players, right? And and they looked at me and said, "Kid, you're going to be all right, right? Kid, you're going to be all right." And so I come over to the sideline after the change of downs, and Alex Webster was the head coach. And Alex says, Patty, he said, uh, I admire your courage, 
but I question your intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was like six five, you know, two eighty five, and and uh, uh, so it's more but, like a Bruins game. Pat. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> but uh, so I did, I did uh, uh, play uh, six games. I did continue to to center for punts uh, until uh, I want to say I might have been seventy seventy one. 72 Patriots were playing at uh, Harvard Stadium. Joe Cap was the quarterback. I think it was around 70 71 72. You know, I I don't think they opened uh, uh, uh Sullivan Stadium until 74 75. But uh, anyway, so uh on defense I I I got my hand caught in the, in the ear hole of a helmet and this thumb was in there and and it, it just broke. Right. I mean, it, it was like and 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 I was in conflict. I was on the ground and I was trying to figure out, well, do I cry? What do I do? You know, because I wanted to cry. <laughs> and and uh, I get up and, and uh, you know, the doctor come out and he kind of turned away, <laughs> you know. And so that's I, not a good sign. No. So I, I well, the other sign was I went back in 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 a, in at halftime. Uh, they. Um, they filled it full of uh, cortisone and xylocaine uh, to kill the pain, wrapped it up and said, you'll be fine. We'll fix it at the end of the season. Let me ask you a question, Pat, because uh, we're, we're blessed to have a lot of really kind of uh, achievers in our own uh, in this on this show. Um, and you've, you've, you've also you've been through a lot of uh, you know uh, conflict. You've had a lot of challenges. You had tremendous losses. You lost your son. We'll get, get into that later. But... Um, what gets you up in every morning and you know uh, you, you know you look good and uh, um, but what what really kind of drives you to to excel as an athlete and then as an executive in a healthcare company what kind of was it your faith was it your father what was it yeah i think it was i think it was a combination of a lot of things i think uh, my my dad first and foremost because uh, you know he was a meat cutter in the markets in boston and Quincy Market before before it was a Quincy Market it was markets, and uh, my dad worked uh, there so he'd be up at four thirty and out uh, uh, you know come back at uh, at, at five o'clock uh, so long days, and uh, and then the the thing that he did my uh, I had three brothers uh, and so my older brother myself my younger brother he would he would. Uh, uh, distribute us to uh, my uncles who had businesses, roofing, uh, uh, and other kinds of businesses. So we were, we were always working at a, at a, at a young age, and, and y- you learn pretty quickly that uh, if you want something, you got to work for it, right? Uh, uh, and uh, so, um, you know, for me, it was, it was interesting. I was the only, uh, the first and only uh, 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 person in my family, extended family. My mother was from Charlestown. My uncles were all work longshore, were longshoremen okay. in, in, in Charlestown and, 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 and tough guys in and yeah. of, of their own right. And uh, but I, I, I you know I admired all of them for, for what they, they did yeah. and how they did what they did. And uh, I, I just knew that if, if if you wanted to climb that tree then you had to you know you had to be up early and at it. And uh, and so uh, going to college, you know, the first one to go to college, it was interesting. It was, I commuted that first year at BU, which was difficult. Uh, you know, uh, what happens is uh, if, if, if the family and the extended family 
has not had secondary education or anything yep. like that, you know, uh, you become discriminated against, right? They'd always say to me, my uncles would say, oh, what do you think you know everything? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to college and one thing and the other. And, and, and so you, 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 you kind of just, you know, kept to yourself and away, away from the fray because, you know, it was, it was one of those little uh, twists that, uh, that, you know, bothered people at times, you know, from, for the wrong reasons, right? Right for the wrong reasons, and uh, but uh, so so from uh, you know from that standpoint, uh, uh, you know, getting an education uh, was first and foremost in in in, in my mind. Uh, funny story. So the draft in those days had seventeen rounds. Yeah, there were I, I don't know maybe twenty two teams or thereabouts, but you know a lot more today. But anyway, seventeen rounds. So so I cut classes the the day of the draft, right? Waiting for the call, and and so you know the call never comes, and so the next morning I get up and you know I, I'm I'm heading into school because yep. you know uh, uh, the education be you know. Being a teacher, I was in school of education at BU uh, to be a teacher. Now, were you dating your wife Carol at that time? We, yeah, we were. Uh, we were had been dating since I was fifteen. Was right? this the so, junior? Oh, so you you pawned your wife's watch that she gave you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, she hasn't <laughs> let me forget it either. It was like uh, bad news, bad news. You know? So she was the junior at BU that got you in. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. A- anyway, <laughs> anyway, I crashed a party at our house. Her father was a physician in Everett, and uh, you know, could be a father's worst nightmare, right? <laughs> and and uh, so, uh, crashed a party at the house, and and uh, she came up and and she said, uh, "Do you want to dance?" And you know, and I I was only interested in something to eat, which is all, what I was always sure, doing. Sure, sure, right? sure, sure, <laughs> yeah, or a beer, right? But but uh, so she said, I said, I have two left feet, right? And then she came back quick as a wink, and she says, uh, well, I have two right feet. And then I said, oh, shit, what am I going to do now, right? So, <laughs> so That's the host. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right, right. So, so anyway, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be married 49 years next month. And, uh, but the, uh, what, 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 was it in June? Yeah, June 28th. June 28th, uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, 49 years. But uh, so anyway, uh, uh where were we? I get the. But yeah, so I kind of got sidetracked when you. Yeah. I didn't know it was your wife who you pawned her. She gave you a watch, and you pawned that to get back to Boston. Well, that that was the military school thing, right? And and uh, I, uh, I came back, and she was the one that helped me get in get into BU. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know, then then uh, uh, the draft. Uh, I waited at home that day for for seven rounds to pass. Uh, no calls. What about I, the other draft? What, what draft? The military. Oh, well, uh, so 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 that that's a good point because part of the getting into BU, as sure. opposed to going back to one of the other schools that had wanted to give me scholarship, uh, I was re, uh, the military school was upset with my leaving, and so they immediately had me reclassified for, from two S student status to one A. And Vietnam was 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 cooking hot and heavy in 1965-66, and so uh, I got a, a notice for a pre-induction physical. 
And so when the when the coaches at BU came, they said no scholarship, no dome. I said I'm not I'm not interested in that. Will you send a letter to the draft and let them know that I've been accepted, uh, will attend in the fall, and so that they reclassified me from one A to two S. Yeah. So you so, so you get a student deferment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, but get it back. You, so your dad was a huge. Your, my dad was a uh, was a uh, marine too. He was in Guadalcanal. Right? I don't know if, uh, where your dad served, but yeah, uh, yep. in, in in the islands. Yeah, and yeah. so my, my dad was a tremendous influence on my life, yeah, and yeah. Uh, because of the discipline, I right. guess they had, and uh, and yeah, he, I, I mean, I I think I think it, it, it you know it's it serves you well, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll complete that circle on <laughs> on the draft because so the second day I call home late in the afternoon, and my mother answers the phone. She says, "Oh, honey, 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 you've been drafted." I said, "By who?" <laughs> and she says, "By New York." And I said, "New York." I said, "Ma, New York who? The Giants, the New York Jets, or the Buffalo Bills?" And she says, "Oh." <laughs> she forgot. She forgot I, to I, ask. I, I, I'm I'm sure they'll call back, right? And and so uh, anyway, Got drafted in the in the ninth round, and uh, uh, which today would be the la- the seventh round. I think they only have seven rounds today, and or mi- you know middle of the pack. And uh, but it didn't it didn't matter. Gave me an opportunity to uh, uh, to get down there and to pit my my skills against those uh, uh, you know that were also vying for an opportunity, and uh, it worked. So, what position did you play in high school? Uh, I was a linebacker and offensive center. That's where the centering mm-hmm. thing okay. came in. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a linebacker and an offensive center. At BU, I was pure – well, I did snap for punts, but I was uh, a linebacker. Well, uh, Pat, thank you so much. You have a fascinating uh, story. I could listen to it for hours. It's just uh, – you know, because every uh, – listening to it, I remember it reminds me of, like, watching all the – black and white football games on the old TVs right, with, with right. my dad when they yep. when they played in Fenway Park yep. and all that yep. stuff. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, but in any event, so you, you went to work on Wall Street off-season from, from the Giants, so am I correct? And yes. then, yep. um, like a lot of athletes do, I, I, I guess, and, um, and then you uh, went into um, – uh, they moved up to New Hampshire, beautiful New Hampshire, and you and your wife love it up here. We all do. Um, and uh, you uh, – Went to work for CG, that you just call it Connecticut, Connecticut General, General in right, life insurance right. business. Okay, I guess it's Cigna now. Yeah, right? Cigna. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. and CG, the old Cigna now. And um, then you uh, had your, you had a very successful career as, as a, getting the health insurance business. Had a, then you get involved with EVPA at Hampton. When they, when they, were you involved with EP? Yes, I was a I was a sales sales uh, a salesman for EVPA back in uh, the eighties. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's yeah. when they used to do the self-funded plans. Yep, yep. And that got sold to HealthSource. And- yeah. Well, it, I spent 10 years there. So for the 10 years, I, I went from sales sales uh, uh, associate or salesman to uh, director of, uh, of sales to president. Yeah. Uh, it was Peter uh, Papajohn. Remember him? Peter Papajohn. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. A, yeah. Peter came up from uh, somewhere down on the South Shore of Massachusetts. Yeah. And, and with actually when he, local, it was a local firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ripped up the headquarters now. I don't know if you're all headquarters. They, they uh, turned into a development. Yeah, they did, but the 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 it still exists in Exeter uh, on Route Route 27. Uh, uh, they have office space back there. It's still a TPA. It's owned by Blue Cross Blue Shield of 
Vermont and Massachusetts. So anyhow, Pat, you had a fantastic career. You built a brokerage business. You went to work for the Blues in Mass, and then you became... Blue Cross. Blue Cross. Okay, all right. Yeah. And we're speaking jargon because I used to have a, uh, I used to have yeah. a big healthcare practice. TPA was that third, third party, party administrator. administrator. Okay. And um, of self-funded plans. Self, uh, you know, that's when self-funded health plans. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's when corporations actually uh, uh, fund their own health insurance claims, but they have an insurance company uh, administer them. But so you had a really kind of uh, we, the show's not long enough. But then you ended up becoming <laughs> CEO. Uh, Fallon Community Health Plan. Are you saying I'm old, Barry? Or? <laughs> no, you're getting better like a fine bottle of yeah, wine, Pat. Right. And he yeah. says you're worth more than just an hour on the radio, sir. It's a high compliment <laughs> uh, in Barry's okay. world. You know, and uh, so you be, so, uh, so you became CEO, uh, and we met uh, at the car wash, believe it or not, talking about cars. And uh, um, you, you told me, well, gee whiz, i got to talk to you. So you become CEO of, of Fallon Community Health Plan. Which is like with the, it's got to be one of the largest HMOs. Uh, yeah, in, in well, million. it's it, you know it's it, it's a quarter of a million members, uh, and we've expanded the network throughout Massachusetts. Uh, but we also did some some really uh, innovative things in Buffalo, in uh, Northern Virginia, uh, you know, with our senior our senior program. But uh, uh, yeah, Fallon is, uh, is 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 a great little jewel in Central Massachusetts. So. Anyhow, so, but everyone knows if and if you're self-employed or whatever, uh, healthcare is just out of control right, right. now. Uh, I know what I pay, and, and uh, so, uh, in, being the former CEO of, of a you know major health plan in New England, I'm saying what's what's causing this stuff to go out of crazy, Pat? Yeah, well, uh, a couple of things I think, and 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 and, and you know. Uh, you know, there's 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 just uh, there's a lot there's a lot wrong. There's a lot right. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the question is, can can you put uh, uh, the interested parties in the same room at the same time to fix it? I think you know, first and foremost, uh, it becomes a decision: is it is it a market based market based product, or uh, or is it a government? sponsored program you've got those who want single payer in this country and you've got those on the other on on, on the other side who want a, a, a free market yeah and, and they want it to move with the market uh you know to me uh you know you, you needn't look any further than to to the north uh, in canada or, or or you know to the european uh, countries that uh, uh you know it's a failed model uh, the single payer system in, in many re, in many respects, uh, you know, and and if you look, I mean, we're uh, so let's we'll take Canada. Uh, our friends, uh, we com- constantly debate the yeah. single payer, uh, government sponsored plans versus the market based, and uh, you know, Canada is a country of uh, thirty six million. That's a big state. Yeah, we're a country of three hundred and twenty million. So so the, the just the sheer uh, size and scope. I mean, healthcare in in this country is eighteen uh, percent uh, of gross domestic product. That's huge. It's it's it's, it's incredibly huge. enormous. Huge. And, and 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 let me also say that I do believe that that we should be able, as a country, to provide care for those in need. Yeah. In in a very real way, uh, but the the challenge is that uh, on the delivery side of the equation, the hospitals, uh, uh, and, and and so forth, you know. Um, they see themselves, you know, first and foremost as 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 healers, 
and and which which certainly they are but uh, uh, my contention has always been that before you can heal anybody you know there's a business that supports that 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 yeah. you know that that mission and uh, and so uh, you know you have to you have to treat it like a business yeah I think that uh, you know you're you're and so, so part of it is, the, you know, is getting, getting to an understanding. The other thing is that if it's a market-based plan, uh, then, then uh, you know, there should be risk on both sides of the equation. There should be risk on the insurance side of the equation. So yeah. the, the payers should assume risk. And the providers should assume risk. Well, yeah. Did they? Well, that's the whole thing. I, I, one of the things that there's no real risk for a provider. I mean, am I well, correct? Well, no, right. There I'd, is I'd no. say to you that 20%, perhaps a little higher, uh, of, uh, of providers today are in risk based arrangements, capitated arrangements, per diem, DRG, other things of that nature. But uh, for the most part, you know, the large majority is not. And and so uh, and to me that you know that's that's part of the problem. So uh, so there's you're hitting at loggerheads and and Mama. and and cost and price just keep just keep going up, right? And 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 that's problematic for the citizens of this country. Yeah. And so so the challenge is can can the payers and the providers get together? I mean, a lot of that's happening right now uh, through. Through acquisition and, and and scale, which is uh, you know CVS buying buying Aetna uh, uh, for one uh, in in the Globe this morning, uh, Harvard Pilgrim uh, is in talks with Partners Healthcare. Partner, nope, nope. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so 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 uh, you know everybody is trying to on on the vertical uh, uh, is to integrate uh, uh, these other elements, right? Uh, and uh, but the challenge is is for the payers and the providers to get together uh, and to to make more make more public uh, uh, pricing costs and so forth. Interesting bill in in Colorado uh, I saw the other day that uh, is being supported by the state uh, legislature is to uh, is to force the uh, delivery uh, system to publish all of their pricing so that somebody can make decisions based around the economics of I mean let's face it I mean where do you go that you don't know what the price of it is right well if you're you injured know? or you're in, I mean you yeah. wouldn't have much choice just <laughs> right. go to the nearest uh, I un- understand on that yeah. but mm-hmm. but but there should be an, an in, in, indications that mm-hmm. as to what as to what that might be and so so part of it is there there are elements within the the payer side of of the equation uh, uh, from an insurance perspective that the disciplines that are put in place because uh, insurance is risk at, at, yeah. at, at the bottom of everything it, yep. you know i i can reduce it to its lowest common denominator in its risk yeah and the question is how do we how do we collective we manage the risk yeah and 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 so uh, carriers put in programs bring in medical professionals have their own team of doctors and nurses on staff you know to build programs and 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 processes uh to become more efficient and more effective at delivering the services not telling you what to deliver but telling you more effectively and more efficiently how to deliver it 
No, no. Was it was Fallon? Was that a, is it like a mutual insurer? Or is like, is that, no, or is it was it, a, not not for profit. It's not for profit. Uh, and and actually, it was an integrated delivery system, one of the first uh, 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 in the country. Integrated, saying that that it was in partnership with and perhaps owned by. Uh, the uh, Fallon Clinic, which yeah. was now called Reliant Medical, uh, and uh, uh, they started this insurance company. And so it w- that was a wonderful thing because of the integration and the coordination that happens when you, when you marry the payer and the provider. You know, uh, uh, in the market today, there, 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 there is not that coordination and integration between payer and provider because provider says what do you know you know uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know so i mean it it it's to me it's uh, i'm i'm a simpleton on on many fronts and so you know i kind of reduce it and say why why can't it work why shouldn't it work you know and uh, why can't we partner together and and allow our processes to you know, sit over, you know, some of your procedures and things so that we do things more effectively, more cost effectively. Yeah. And, and I have just, a, which I've seen too, because of uh, just, you know, uh, the research I've done is that um, uh, Wall Street is, is increasingly, I don't know, because you've been in the healthcare field a long time, uh, Pat. Um, Wall Street seems to be increasingly involved in, in, in the whole um, uh, the healthcare game because of the enormous amounts of cash flow going through it. You know, you look at the Hospital Corporation of America, which right. was a leveraged bio done by right. KKR and, right, right. and Bain and Merrill Lynch. And yep. then then you have um, uh, the Carlyle Group bought HCR, Manicare, the largest nursing home chain, right. second largest, and, and they went bankrupt. And then, you know, but, but in, in our own backyard, Pat, we have um, Stewart Healthcare. Right. Uh, which is owned by Cerberus, right. which also owned, you know, Chrysler and um, and GMAC Mortgage and Remington and kind and, of a bad track record, you know, right? and they put a whole bunch of these companies into bankruptcy, right, right. Um, and and um, you know, and Stewart was was that was that an area you covered? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We uh, we did actually did business with with Stewart and and what have you, and and so so I mean. Part of part of what's happening is also on the delivery side of the equation. If you look at statistically from uh, from 2009 to 2016, uh, outpatient services, the growth in yeah. outpatient services, surgery centers, uh, urgent care facilities, yeah. and everything else, that business today is is 968 billion dollar business. If you look, if you That's look, a lot of shekels. If yeah. you look at so almost a trillion dollars. If you look on the other side, what I what I would call big bricks and mortar, yeah, right, the uh, big hospitals and everything else, their revenue on that side has been going down. Oh, okay, right, and so so the challenge becomes there's 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 a, a, a different way of delivering care and services, and, and 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 what people want is access, right. You don't want to call up and say, you know, little Johnny's got an earache and, and, and he's been screaming for a day, you know, and they'll say, well, uh, Mr. Hughes, why don't you bring Johnny in at uh, uh, 10 o'clock on Thursday and it's now Monday, right? Yeah. And, and it just doesn't work, you know. And uh, so, so, so part of it is, is, is bringing the delivery system, making it more user-friendly and bringing it back into the community. 
because what 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 is going to happen is uh, a lot of hospitals are going to close. Yeah. Because because you know it's too many of too them. many. It's too many. Too many. And so a lot are going to close, and 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 care is going to be delivered in different settings. And and that's why you see the investments that, you know, that uh, like a United Healthcare is buying up physician practices. They spent four point seven billion dollars last year buying up physician practices. As a matter of fact, they bought the Reliant Medical Group in Worcester that used to be uh, uh, tethered to Fallon Health, and and so uh, under their umbrella of it's called Optum Health. Okay. But that's their, where their physician practices. So, so there's a lot going on in terms of vertical integration and uh, uh, across all of the disciplines. And and to me, you, you know, if if you if you let it sit in the market, yeah, you know, it, it has a better chance of 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 working itself out than than if you put the heavy hand of the government on. Oh boy, yeah. right. And well, I mean, you you look at. Progress made, and then you, you, you comes the Affordable Care Act, uh, uh, you know, in uh, 2012, and 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 the mandating of essential benefits, saying that every policy written has to contain this this list of of covered services. Yeah. And and you know, if I'm a 20 year old uh, youngster uh, on my own, uh, uh, I want to be able to buy insurance that you know, that doesn't have, I don't need all of these. I need catastrophic. I need, you know, if something happens, that kind of thing. So, so the market is evolving, but it's like, it's like everything else, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to take time, right? You, you've got, uh, uh, the partnership BBD, you know, Big, bad, and disastrous, uh, <laughs> which would be Bezos and, and Buffett. And, well, yeah, that's and, what it is. Okay, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> okay, that's, Bezos, Buffett, and, yeah, Jamie, yeah, yeah. and Jamie Diamond. To, yeah. So, which, so, all right. Uh, well, I've got a letter uh, gone out to uh, uh, Warren Buffett asking if he wants to. I'd love to have a conversation about the market from a from a blue collar's perspective, blue collar workers' perspective. Yeah, yeah you know? that'd be great. Uh, uh, and, Hallelujah. And, 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 well, you know, the consultants are going to bring them in up here. You know, I'm sure they have certain ideas. They're going to look at their own business first. It's a million employees between the three companies. Uh, that's been done before uh, uh, in um, Michigan, uh, Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, uh, John Deere, uh, uh, you know, decided it was going to go out and contract directly with hospitals in, in the Michigan area for its employees. I mean, it's, it's, so it's not a foreign concept, right? And 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 how did, how did that work out for them? Actually, it worked out fairly well. And, and, Was it and, you had that acronym or TES or or whatever? You're talking about, about you guys were both sold plans where you were or where you helped um, companies do that? Yeah, yeah. So so the company assumes the risk, self-funded plans, mm-hmm. right? The TPA. Uh, so the self-funded plan where the company assumes the risk, and and again, this is reducing it to its it, its its lowest common denominator, which is how how are you funding it? So so through self-funded plans, the assu- the employer s- assumes that risk. They've got it anyway for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. And and so so they put a plan in place, and it's administered by a. a third-party administrator that pays the claims, provides customer service, does all of those other things. But the, the employer can direct and dictate, you know, kind of terms and conditions on how that plan is, 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 is treated and, uh, and, and provide incentive for people to shop uh, for, 
you know, a, a, a better price here or there, right? I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's so, so. What? So how did it work out? It worked out well for, for it, Andrew it's, wor- it's worked out. It's it, it's worked out fairly well. Uh, there are a number of companies that have joined that consortium. You know, it, it kind of grew. Others wanted in, you know, but the but the same thing is, you know, is happening is that we continue to incrementally, you know, see in, in, an inflationary trend in the cost of goods and services. And so and that's in part, you know, some of it is uh, around risk and, and not taking risk or not sharing risk or those other kinds of things. And uh, but, you know, I mean, to me, it's. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a long, hard uh, uh, slosh through the through through the wetlands before you get to to high ground in in, in a better in a better working uh, uh, system. Uh, my fear is the government enters in, enters the fray because they because they just can't uh, stay away, right? And uh, uh, and 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 that becomes uh, problematic also. So so you said there were some good things about our healthcare system. Uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, don't we, uh, don't we uh, pay for? I mean, the Americans kind of pay for the drug development. Right. Right. So, so I mean, uh, our, uh, you know, pharmacologically, and that's where, what you've seen over the last 20, 25 years, you've seen, you've seen a shift from treating things, uh, you know, invasively, uh, surgery, other, other procedures, other things of that, to treating things pharmacologically. And, and, and those, are, those are great, great strides that have been made by medicine and, and, mm-hmm. and how that works, you know. Uh, uh, you know, people... Uh, uh, um, when I was a kid, uh, polio, you know, another classic example of well, of, of beating a, a you know a disease. Well, gentlemen, I have I hate to say this is uh, Pat. We could have had you on for another hour. I mean, easily we could go longer. Yeah, easily. Uh, but uh, we've come to the end of our show, and uh, uh, and we didn't even get to talk about curry and your work on uh, curry, but. Uh, well, higher education yeah, and well, healthcare, you know, they're they're both they're both experiencing the same kind of uh, turmoil. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll, maybe we can talk about the cost of education at some point. Uh, maybe you come back. And yeah, maybe you come back. And we'll talk about. Educa- I would do it. I would, would do it. Absolutely. All right. All right. We'll have you back to talk about the cost of college education. This has been the Economic Warrior with your host Barry James Dyke, broadcast live at WSCA Portsmouth Community Radio, engineered by Phil Kleiger. If you have any questions about today's show or need an ally in conquering the battleground of finance, contact the warrior himself at barryjamesdyke.com. Who are the warriors?